أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد uh, Today we continue uh, our uh, Ramadan late night majlis with uh, a second reading from the Warathatul Anbiya uh, Sharhu Hadithi uh, Abid Darda'i radiyallahu ta'ala anhu of Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali uh, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him and increase his rank The heirs of the prophets A commentary on the hadith of Abu Darda' radiyallahu anhu Which we read last time uh, And it bears inshallah reading again We can read the English uh, translation of it again So that a person can familiarize themselves with it Because repetition uh, makes things firm inside the heart A man came to Abu Darda' while he was in Damascus Abu Darda asked him, What has brought you here, my brother? He replied, A hadith which you relate from the Messenger of Allah wasallam." Abu Darda asked him, Have you come for some worldly need? He replied, No. Have you come for business? He replied, No. Have you come only to seek this hadith? He said, Yes. Abu Darda anhu then said, I heard the Messenger of Allah wasallam say, Whoever travels a path seeking sacred knowledge, meaning seeking knowledge, seeking ilm in the original Arabic, uh, Allah will place him on a path leading to paradise. The angels lower their wings for the student of knowledge, pleased with what he is doing. The creatures in the heavens and earth seek forgiveness for the student of knowledge. The creatures in the heavens and earth seek forgiveness for the student of knowledge, even the fish in the water. The superiority of the religious scholar uh, over the devout worshipper is like the superiority of the full moon over the other heavenly bodies. The scholars are the heirs of the prophets. The prophets leave behind no gold nor silver as a bequest. Rather, they leave behind knowledge, and whoever seizes it has taken a bountiful share. Narrated by Imam Ahmad and Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah. So we continue from uh, uh, the beginning of uh, Ibn Rajab's uh, commentary. He says a striking example of this sort of journey is what Allah relates in the Quran about Musa salam with his young companion. If there ever existed a person who needed uh, not to travel to seek knowledge, it was Sayyidina Musa salam, for Allah had spoken to him and given him the Torah in which all divine principles had been revealed. Still when Allah informed him of a man named Khidr who had been favored with knowledge, Musa salam inquired about meeting him and then set out with his young companion to find this khidr, as Allah the Exalted had said. And behold, Moses said to his young companion, I will not cease until I reach where the two seas meet, or I shall spend an exceptionally long time traveling. So this is uh, a story related in uh, in uh, Surah Al-Kahf, which hopefully everyone read today, because uh, you know it's a... Protection, its recitation on Fridays is a protection from fitna, from torment and tribulation uh, in which uh, there are, is no shortage uh, in this age, in the era, in the days we're living in, there's no shortage of, uh, uh, of those uh, things. And it's also a protection from the, uh, the, the fitna and the tribulation of the Dajjal. Allah Ta'ala protect us and it seems that every day brings us closer and closer to uh, uh, to his uh, manifestation amongst the creation. May Allah Ta'ala protect us. 
So this young man who uh, traveled with uh, Sayyidina Musa السلام, uh, the Mufassirun said Yusha bin Nun, the Nabi uh, uh, Joshua, uh, who was the Khalifa of Sayyidina Musa السلام, in Banu Israel, and uh, who um, was from amongst the people uh, in uh, Banu Israel, the few people who didn't uh, disobey Allah's commands uh, at a number of pertinent places. Inshallah, you can read the tafsir of Surah Al-Baqarah, inshallah, for more details, Surah Al-Ma'idah. So he says that, uh, and behold, Moses said to his young companion, I will not cease until I reach where the two seas meet, or I shall spend an exceptionally long time traveling. Allah then informs us that upon meeting Khidr, Musa asks of him, May I follow you in order that you may teach me of the knowledge you have been given? Details of their venture are related in the Book of Allah and the well-known hadith of Ubay bin Ka'b, which is related by Bukhari and Muslim. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu used to say, I swear to Allah, or I swear by Allah, besides whom there is no other deity worthy of worship. No chapter of the Quran has been revealed except for I know where it was revealed. No verse of the book of Allah has been revealed except for I know why it was revealed. Yet if I knew of anyone more learned than me in the book of Allah, I would make every effort to reach him. So you see this beautiful quality is there in Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And he, uh, uh, he informs the people of it. This is a, a quality that he obviously picked uh, uh, from the values of the Qur'an and from the instruction of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abu Darda radiallahu anhu said, If I were unable to explain a verse in the book of Allah and could not find anyone to explain it to me except for a man in Barq Ghimad, I would journey to him. Barq Ghimad is the furthest corner of Yemen. Masruq, who was a, a great uh, sheikh of the uh, tabi'een. And he, Masruq literally means stolen. And just so you know, uh, he received this nickname because he stole something as a kid. So, you know, if you're not 100% perfect, uh, you still there's still time to make up and, and, and be a good person. Uh, because the perfected ones, all of them started from somewhere. Masruq went, to Kufa, or went from Kufa to Basra to ask a man about a Quranic verse. He failed, however, to find him uh, 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 knowledge about the verse. But whilst there, he was informed of a knowledgeable man in Syria. He then returned to Kufa, from which point he set out to Syria to seek knowledge of the verse. And Masruq is a great imam of the tabi'in. A man traveled from Kufa to Syria to ask Abu Darda about the validity of an oath he had taken. Also, Sa'id bin Jubair, one of the great students of uh, Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhuma, traveled from Kufa to Mecca to ask Ibn Abbas about the explanation of a single verse of the Qur'an. Al-Hasan al-Basri traveled from Kufa uh, to ask Ka'b bin uh, Ujra about the atonement uh, uh, for uh, Al-Adha uh, during the pilgrimage. A thorough exposition of this issue, traveling to seek knowledge, would be exceedingly lengthy. To further illustrate this practice, a man took an oath, the validity of which the jurists were unsure of. When he was directed to a man in a distant land, it was said to him, that land is near for anyone concerned about his religion. Meaning a person made an oath and they had a question about it. And they said, go to that place to find out the answer. And when, when it was pointed out that that place is really far away, what did they say? That place is far away, it may look far away to someone, but someone who's, complete, uh, who's concerned with their deen, for that person it's close. This saying offers profound advice for one who concerns himself with his deen as much as he concerns himself with his worldly affairs.
Now, like I said, the you know the very lengthy preamble yesterday. Hopefully, our our nightly majalis are not going to be that long. But the lengthy preamble that that we tied yesterday, the point of it was to illustrate the chasm between different classes of people of the ummah, all of whom ostensibly have good intentions and wish uh, good by the ummah, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and to perhaps find some sort of common ground. If they can't find common ground about how to think, then to find some common ground on what to think. If they can't find common ground on what to think, uh, maybe they can find some common ground on how to learn. And this is something that whether or not you know you believe that contagion exists, or whether or not uh, you believe the masajid should be open or closed, or whether or not you believe that the masjid is an essential service or whatever, this is something we can all agree upon, that a sign of someone's seriousness in their deen is that they take their deen at least as uh, uh, seriously as they take their dunya. Although uh, uh, all of us should be able to agree that the way of Islam is to take your deen even more seriously than your, your, your uh, material uh, well-being. And, uh, you know, here we are. This saying offers profound advice for the one who concerns his, himself with his religion as much as he concerns himself with his worldly affairs. If something happens involving his religion and he finds no one to ask except for a person in a far-off land, he would not hesitate to travel to him in order to save his religion. Similarly, if an opportunity were presented to him for some worldly gain uh, in a distant land, he would hasten to it. In the hadith under discussion, Abu Darda radiallahu anhu gave glad tidings to the person who traveled to him seeking a hadith he had heard from the Prophet regarding the virtue of knowledge. This is consistent with the Qur'an in which we read, When those believing in our signs come to you, say, Peace be upon you. Your Lord has made mercy incumbent upon himself. Similarly, once a group of students crowded around Al-Hasan al-Basri and his son, then spoke harshly to them. Hassan said, Go easy, my son. He then related the aforementioned verse. Similarly, once a group of students crowded around Al-Hasan al-Basri and his son then spoke harshly to them. Al-Hasan said, Go easy, my son. Then uh, he related the aforementioned verse. And this is not like, this is not a joke or like one of the tales of the ancients. Look, uh, um, you know, aside from my sermonizing about like what being disappointed with people nowadays, you see even the people who are full-time students of knowledge, they'll say like you know you like we'll tell them why don't you go study in this place and that place? They're like oh it's too difficult you know I need to have air conditioner I need to have this to eat that to eat I'm gonna get sick I'm gonna get bored I need TV I need a telephone I need blah blah blah, you know it's uh, you don't want to say bad to people like that because look they're at least they're trying to learn something but. Um, that's not the attitude that our forefathers used to have. They used to go to the, the, the place where the ilm was best. And just like somebody, if you give them a full ride scholarship to Harvard and they're like, well, no, I'm going to just peace out and go to my community college and get a you know, certificate in like, you know, whatever secretarial uh, duties, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a halal living and stuff. But like, if you have this opportunity to uh, go for more, it's intuitive to uh, people who are like materially inclined why you should go to Harvard and why you should go to Yale and why it'll be an amazing opportunity you won't find elsewhere. But uh, we see amongst even the people who are going to end up giving our Jummah khutbahs and uh, like competently give our Jummah khutbahs and give us fatwa and things like that, oftentimes they'll choose where they want to go because of you know, considerations with regard to food or comfort. Uh, but further than that, you know, this, uh, this <clears throat> the story about uh, Al-Hasan al-Basri's son speaking harshly to the students of knowledge, 
look, students are people as well. And students are fun people. They're weird people. I've been a student as well, mashallah. Anyone who's like a, a, a Molvi who's listening to this bayan, uh, if any of, uh, any of our, uh, our, our Ahlullah, Ulama Rabbani Yun are listening, uh, you know a couple of things. One is that uh, shaitan will make effort on a person commensurate with the quality of their intention. Uh, uh, meaning the more ikhlas and sincerity that you make, the more shaitan will attack you. And the bigger the good deed you intend, the more shaitan will attack you. And so maybe somebody who's just you know going around the corner to buy a pack of cigarettes and a lotto ticket, shaitan may leave them alone completely. In fact, he may help them. Uh, whereas a person who's trying to do something like settle an argument between two people or uh, settle an argument between a husband and a wife or you know rectify something that's gone wrong in a place uh, or uh, you know striving to you know worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the most sincere way possible a shaitan will attack that person with the weirdest things you know people ask me by the way they ask me and I've gotten already I've already gotten electronic communication about this they say Shaykh if shaitan is supposed to be tied up in, in this month why is it that I'm having all these kind of weird attacks right now uh, just on the first day of fasting? And I say, there's a good reason for that. It's not shaitan who's messing with you. It's your nafs. Your nafs is freaking out right now. Why? Because it's like, oh my God, you're making me like do something good and that's going to suck. And so it's going to throw everything it has at you, right? So you know that. So a person who's a student of knowledge, who's going to you know, seek sacred knowledge, um, which is such an important thing. That's the point we're, we're talking about right now. Um, yeah, dude, shaitan and the nafs are going to conspire and uh, they're going to they're gonna try to jack that person. You know, that person is their pure and innocent ruh and heart and spirit are uh, walking into a dark alley with a lot of enemies on the other side of which is a great treasure, but it's going to be perilous in the middle. And uh, those of you who've been a student know that shaitan has come to you while you're a student and made you do some dumb things. And uh, everyone knows uh, that they've wasted time and that, you know, they wish they could have done something better while they were studying because it's a beautiful opportunity while it was there. Those of you who are still students, if any of you are listening to this, please, for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, try your best. Try your best to, you know, grind through one more dars, one more page of, of mutala'ah and muraja'ah of reading and reviewing. Try to grind through one more ayah in tafsir and one more hadith in your, in your studies. Why? You'll miss it when it's gone. You may not get an opportunity again, and you'll swear seven oaths up and down uh, uh, on the divine names of Allah Ta'ala and uh, on everything sacred that those were the best days of your life and that you would give anything to go back to them. Uh, but you know while you're there, it's kind of a weird place to be. And uh, uh, you know, one of the things, especially in particular, that the students of the Darsh Nizami will, will, will identify with is that the shaitan makes the highest and hardest uh, effort on you when you're reading the Dora Hadith, the Hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Outwardly, it seems that people are eager to finish their studies and get on with their life after having been in Madrasa for five, six, seven, eight years. Um, and so they see the end in sight. But inwardly, the inward reality is what? You're on the cusp of doing something great. You're uh, receiving the madad uh, through, uh, through the, uh, the uh, alam ruhani from the, the, the names of the transmitters and from the Mubarak name of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and from the angels who brought the message of Allah to him and from Allah Rabbul Izza uh, uh, whose deen that he brought and uh, you're being filled with this nur uh, and uh, shaitan hates it 
And so he's, you know, Shaitan hates it and the nafs is also not super excited about it most of the time. Uh, so, you know, you know, people in that Dora Hadith, they act weird and they do weird things and uh, uh, they get into fights. And it's just, it's a really weird, like, combination of like, like suluk and like senioritis that, that they go through. And uh, I remember in Madrasa, like some of the students would be doing dumb things. They would cut class or they would come late to stuff or they would do things that would annoy the teachers. And so uh, cutting to the chase, we're talking about uh, the son of Al-Hassan al-Basri yelling at the students. And uh, Al-Hassan said, go easy on, on them, son. And then he uh, mentions the, the, the verse of the Quran. Uh, assalamu alaikum um, peace be upon you your lord has uh, when those believing in our signs come to you say peace be upon you your lord has made mercy incumbent upon himself and so for that reason it's actually a custom uh, amongst the uh, amongst the ulama that when a student of knowledge comes to learn they say they remind themselves first and they say to others also this is a this is a guest of Allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam is a guest ya allah rasul ke mehman hai this is the guest of Allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the guest is to be honored and literally this is a practice from the time of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam it's not just something they see people say even though they do say it in urdu uh, from time to time that the ashab suffa uh, those people scattered people from the different tribes that had no uh, uh, no kind of like worldly machinery to take care of them or tribal patronage to integrate into in Medina Munawwara. They only came to learn the deen of Allah Ta'ala uh, and they used to starve and go through difficulty. Literally, they were referred to as the guests of Islam. They were referred to as the guests of Islam. So whoever considers himself connected with Islam ostensibly, that person should honor these people. If they're the guests of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then whoever is connected with Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they should honor these people. And further, <laughs> further than that, look, you know, who, if Allah threw a party, who wouldn't want to go to His party? Well, guess what? This Quran is the Ma'dubatullah. It literally is the uh, the ma'duba, the, the 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 gathering and the party that's being thrown by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. فليأتي, uh, ma'duba, uh, فليأتي so let a person come to that ma'duba as much as they're they're able to. And this is one of the first athar that's mentioned in uh, the Tafsir Qurtubi in the Muqaddimah and in the, the foreword uh, with regards to the adab of, uh, with the book of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Who wouldn't want to be the guest of Allah? Allah Ta'ala is throwing a party. You know, people go to Afsar parties in which like, you know, Papu Chache and, you know, like Roshan Uncle and like, you know, whatever, uh, uh, Abu Fulan and Abu Quran and Abu Stan and whatever are throwing their parties. You know, I know some Syrians in Ohio, mashallah, they throw a really good party. You know, I've been incidentally invited to their uh, uh, Iftar parties uh, in the past while, you know, traveling uh, to Cleveland for whatever type of work and uh, uh, you know uh, if our parties the food is so good it you know ends up messing with your intention that you came only for the sake of Allah and uh, then you're like dang this is good food I hope they invite me next next month so we're so excited about these invitations imagine Allah is throwing a party who wouldn't want to go I'll tell you who wouldn't want to go Munafiq wouldn't want to go and a Kafir wouldn't want to go but anyone who has any Iman inside of their heart they would be like this is awesome I want to go to this right uh, and so, who, you know, one thing is honoring the guests of uh, Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And one thing is that wouldn't you want to be uh, the guest in that house? 
Wouldn't you want to be the guest of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi That Nabi sallallahu alayhi he would give dua to a person and that person's life would change. He would give dua to a person, that Allahumma faqihu fi al-deen wa'allimhu ta'wil, ta'wil al-ahadith. He gave this dua to Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhum. And literally the man, you know, the man used to teach radiallahu anhu an walidihi. He used to teach the Qur'an to the people who would come to the uh, uh, Haram Sharif and Makkah Mukarramah like the Pentecost. He would teach people miraculously. Allah would, uh, would give him the ability to speak the tongues of the different nations and he would teach people the deen in all the different tongues of the people who come from different parts of the world, it said. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua for people. You know, Ala ibn Hadrami radiallahu anhu, who is not even one of the senior uh, companions. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught him the divine name, uh, the ismul a'zam. And he like performed miracles. He would like walk on water and do all of these things. And people say, well, this is just fake hagiography. Ala ibn Hadrami was not a like a, a saint who like sat in the corner, uh, uh, you know, saying prayers in the Christian sense of the word. He was a commander of a, an army detachment. They went out and conquered, uh, conquered like lands. They subdued their enemies. You know, uh, you can you can fake uh, stories about that only are witnessed by one or two people uh, in a in a dark room somewhere. But you can't fake conquest. Um, you know, uh, you can yeah jabal. You can't fake those things. You know, the Persian Empire doesn't uh, collapse based on a fictional hagiography ha- uh, under the under the feet of the companions radiyallahu anhum. So who wouldn't want to go and meet that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? You know, if he looks at you and you look at him, what does that mean? That you, he looks at you and you look at him and then your dunya and akhira becomes like shiro shakar, it becomes like milk and sugar, it becomes cake uh, 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 thereafter. Who wouldn't want to go to that, that uh, invitation? Well, guess what? You can still go. You can still be the guest of Allah and you can still be the guest of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is what Al-Hasan al-Basri was saying to his son, go easy on them because these people are, uh, you know, they're important people. They're the guests of Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he brought a verse of the Quran in order to prove that point. And when I was, I remember when I was in Dora Hadith, one of our, uh, one of our Asatiza, uh, who is currently the Amir of the Khatmul Nubuwa, which is one of the like, kind of most broad-based uh, coalitions uh, of ulama in Pakistan, which has a number of sectarian divisions in it. Um, but this is one of the most broad-based coalitions uh, uh, of, of ulama. Um, and he's considered to be, uh, he's considered to be a very uh, a respected individual. Uh, and uh, he, uh, Allah Ta'ala, preserve him and give him long life. Ustadji Mulana Hassan, I don't know how I can. Describe him to people, uh, except for people who wouldn't believe me. So just go meet him, inshallah, and you'll you'll know yourself. And then you can tell people what kind of a person he is. But literally the most spiritual person, one of the most spiritual people after Murabat al-Hajj I've ever seen, uh, it's him. Uh, maybe Allah created somebody who is has a higher station than him. But I cannot believe that Allah has created anyone like him. Uh, uh, so he, he, he has a weird tartib uh, uh, in which he... Wakes up, read, reads his tahajjud and prays his fajr, and then he will um, just cram until 10 a.m. And then from 10 a.m., he'll sit in one place, and uh, he won't go from classroom to classroom, but the students will come and go, come and go uh, to him. 
uh, and he'll basically teach uh, until Asr time uh, with, I think, uh, prayer breaks, uh, a lunch break, and like maybe like 10 minutes of Qaylula in which he doesn't even sleep. He just he just lays down just because of Sunnah. Um, uh, and I've seen it before. I've been in the room with him before. You know, there's no way that he falls asleep in that short of a, amount of time. He just lays down, shuts the light off, just so that the sunnah can be completed. And then he'll teach until asr, and then he'll go to another madrasa and teach until isha, and then he'll go to another madrasa and teach until like uh, one in the morning. And uh, he gets home one thirty, two o'clock, and goes to sleep. And then next fajr, he starts it again, and only goes home to see his family. Like, he sleeps in the madrasa. He only goes home to see his family on. Uh, on on uh, Thursday evening because uh, Thursday evening after Asr the Madaris closed for the weekend and then he spends Thursday evening at home and then uh, Friday morning he gets up and goes and uh, gives Juma and then meets with the with the Murids and uh, uh, and the Murids the only time to get is Friday afternoon evening and then like starting Saturday morning he's back into teaching again and uh, if there was ever a man who never had enough time alone that he could fake it. Uh, it's him, and so uh, he was. Uh, you know, he is a very pious man and, and very beloved by the students uh, in a way that I, I don't think people will understand uh, living in America. Uh, uh, you want to talk about rock star sheikh? Those are pious people who don't know what a rock star is, but they definitely uh, revere uh, the pious more than uh, people here can understand. So Ustadji Mawlana Hassan one time, because he has so many durus he teaches in the day, the schedule of his darses are, they're really uh, like uneven, you know. So uh, the darses start at approximately a particular time, but but they're taught in order, not necessarily according to a clock schedule. And so, uh, you know, the request always was that the students be in the in the room waiting for him. And uh, uh, when he comes, he'll come. But he has so little uh, like spare time other than the time that he's allotted for the dars that uh, uh, that they shouldn't uh, you know they shouldn't be late. They should wait for him, not the other way around. So he came into the uh, the into the uh, into the class one day, and there was a, 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 a couple of students who were not there. And uh, Staji is like, where are they? Go find them. And then some of the students looked for them. They're like, well, they're not in the rooms. He goes, no, look all around the, the campus of the madrasa, several acres. He goes, go from building to building looking for them. You know, because he was very concerned that any no student should miss dars. And very concerned that no student should ever miss dars uh, in a way that I think is administratively awkward. I mean, he was very concerned about that. And so in a moment of in a moment of frustration, he did something that, you know, is very common in the madrasa. Uh, which is sometimes the, the asatis that get annoyed with the students who are already treat them uh, who already treat them with immense respect, and he got he got very annoyed with them, and so he just said something that like many asatis I will say off the cuff, you know, just part of the non non hagiographical and very real daily uh, uh, madrasa life. He said, "Oh, in khabisu mo pata nahi ki jona dar shuru hone wala hai." He said, "Don't these uh, don't these uh, uh, don't these like." Uh, uh, scoundrels know that uh, this dars is about to commence, or that it's it, you know this is the time for the dars every day that they're like absent at this time. And uh, what happens is that eventually the student that went to go look for them finds them, and they come into the madras the, the dars late. And uh, Ustaji is just teaching, you know. I read I read the front half of the mishkats from him. I read a jild of 
uh, of the Hidayah from him. I read the front half of uh, uh, Jalalain from him. I read Musal Salat from him. I read Abu Dawood from him. I read the front half of Tirmidhi from him. Mashallah, he's like a really like just like a very marathon type teacher uh, and loves the ulum. And it's famous about him that uh, that no matter how stupid the student is, they, he somehow finds a way to like explain the darsh to them. Uh, and uh, no matter how incompetent the student is, somehow or another, all of them do some sort of service for Dean uh, afterward, which is, I think, less a, a matter of uh, of skill and uh, alone, but more a matter of skill combined with with with, with like a, a piety from Allah Taala that has to do with tawfiq. Um, and so he, he said this thing and then he just goes on his, his dars. And then, uh, you know, in the middle of, in the middle of dars, like minute 45 or something over like an hour dars, Ustadji just stops his, he stops his dars. He's looking in the hadith of the Prophet He has the book open, he's sitting on the mesnad and he says, he just stops and just stuff for Allah, stuff for Allah, stuff for Allah. Nebuhi, stuff for Allah, stuff for Allah, stuff for Allah, stuff for Allah. Stuff for Allah, stuff for Allah. And I look up, I said, what's going on? I look up and I see he's, he's weeping. He's crying, like tears are coming down his eyes. And he says, Astaghfirullah. Bhaiya Khabis Nayyah. Ya Allah Rasul ke mehman hai. These aren't scoundrels. These are the guests of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Ustadji cried and I looked at the two and I knew they were just wasting time. I said, I'm going to beat these guys when we're done. He made Ustadji cry. But no matter how bad I said anything to them, they'll never forget the love with which they were taught. One of those students actually passed away a couple of years ago. But what do I explain to people who throw these books to the side and throw this knowledge to the side? That to you it's an annoyance and difficulty and an impracticality of reading something from a different time in a different place and in a different language. And you have to earn your living and so do I. What do I explain to you that to you it's all of those things? But to Ustadji and those who sat with him, this is our deed. And if you didn't see that from anybody, and if we were unable to show that to you ourselves, then how would you know? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq that uh, like Al-Hasan al-Basri radiallahu anhu through whom our silsila propagates Al-Hasan al-Basri uh, from Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu to Sayyidina Abdul Wahid bin Zayd, Fudayl bin Ayyad, Imam Abu Hanifa, Sayyidina Fudayl bin Ayyad, Ibrahim ibn Adham, all of the mashayikh all the way through to our mashayikh. That this is their tradition. Some people put the shajara up on the wall and then they, you know, uh, eat halva by the kilo 
uh, and this is our mashaykh, we saw them actually living what our akabir mashaykh uh, uh, showed to them as a an example. What should I show to you? That there there's a certain people that uh, this was a reality to them. And maybe somebody, you know, wants to disagree with me with regards to fiqh or with regards to aqidah or hadith or any of these things, you know, within reason. And uh, I can I can I can stomach that. I've lived with people who don't agree with me and I don't agree with them my whole life. I can stomach that. But uh, for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, if you love Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, uh, and uh, uh, you know, and you value this knowledge as sacred, then I see barakah in your opinion, even if it's different than mine. And if it's just all a waste of time in some sort of fashion or some sort of inconvenience or whatever, then uh, um, even if you agree with me, I think uh, what we differ on is is more than than what's in common between us. Allah Taala give us tawfiq to have talab, to have to have talab and desire for this knowledge. And to revere it as it should be revered so that it can come into our hearts. It comes into our minds, mashallah. It can come into our hearts as well and uh, blaze with its radiant light uh, until it, it, it vanquishes darkness. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.